Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. Gosh, five weeks left to go in your fantasy footy season. That means this. If you're playing some form of league focus, chances are you got one more, maybe two more weeks to qualify for your league finals. While for those that are competing for their overall ranking priority, whew, just a handful of weeks left to go before your last ditch effort to win yourself a car or some cash is done. There is plenty to talk about, even with a handful of weeks left to go. Joining me on this episode, I've got Jordox. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day, MJ. I'm well. Um, head still spinning from that round of footy and the, the days that followed. Um, you just don't know what's around the corner, do you? No, mate. Just uh, the good thing is you're an Adelaide Crows supporter, so you're used to that for the past three or four years. Anything could change in the next <laughs> few minutes, so that's okay. Also on this episode, i got Kane. Hello, mate. How are you, legend? Hello, MJ. Very nice to chat to you again. It's been a little while, but there's never a shortage of stuff to talk about. Oh, mate. Well, we've got to get to our Patreon questions. Of course, if you're loving some of the uh, support work you've been getting out of the coaches panel right throughout 2021 and previously, you can join our supporter group at uh, coachespanel.tv. All the links. There's a bunch of stuff in the uh, post-season we're planning on bringing to you for our Patreons. There's player-by-player uh, player trade um, analysis of every player that moves during the free agency window. Oh, and um, something that Kane and I are working on at the moment for you, our top 50 keeper ranks. Who would we pick in the first 50 picks in a brand new keeper league? Oh, yeah, only Patreons are going to get that bad boy stuff. Uh, so anyway, we'll get to some Patreon questions. We want to talk some uh, limited trade strategies. Of course, we've got to talk about Dusty, um, who was prior to this round uh, departing, probably one of, if not the most owned forward across all three formats combined. Let's talk about last round. Some people dodged some carnage. Others found it a little bit harder. For some, it started off with a Lockie Whitfield concussion. They knew, okay, all right, that's fine. Then the week built a little bit further. James Harms, who's a relatively popular pick across the formats and certainly in drafts, he's going to be an out. But if you hadn't noticed the team changes, the green dot might have still been there for you in, in some of the formats that you play. Okay, I, yeah, okay, I can deal with that. Then a pretty popular premium who's been on fire pretty much from around six or seven onwards in Josh Kelly. Injures his ankle mid-game after he was clearly looking like he was tracking for a 120-plus score. Oh, and before all of that, you had the most popular captaincy option across the formats in Brody Grundy deliver a subpar score given on what the expectation was. Oh, and you had two really popular premiums just disappear out of the blue in Mills and Green <laughs> due to COVID protocols. And it hasn't got any better, by the way, because now guys like Rowan Marshall, who we were looking as a trade target, he's out. Josh Dunkley, who people thought, oh, the big boy is in and I can afford him. No, he's out for the next round as well with quarantine protocols for both these lads. Safe to say, what a rubbish couple of days a few people have had. More people that listen to this podcast than not are probably in lockdown. It's been a bit difficult, but that's okay. We're here to make life a little bit more fun and interesting and help you through the last few weeks of your fantasy footy season. Let's talk about last week though. Kane, 
there was so much we learned from last week. There were so many mistakes coaches could have made last week. And it's important that when we're in the middle of that frustration moment of I copped a Mills donut or I've got a, I jumped early on Dunkley and now I'm here. What are some lessons that coaches could learn? Bank them in the back of our mind so that if we find ourselves in this position, either in a few weeks or into the 2022 and beyond seasons, that we don't find ourselves in this challenging position again. Well, I think the first one is the player is safe now. It's not like these things are coming out at a set time like the teams on the Thursday night. You know, we're getting the Mills and Green news late on the Sunday. We're getting Josh Dunkley midpoint of the week. Then we're getting Rowan Marshall a day later. So these things are going to come out, you know, hopefully not anymore, but obviously as these exposure sites get reclassified, it is possible that in Josh Dunkley's case, it was more than a week ago that he was at that cafe. So it's not mm. like the guys are breaking the rules right now and going to places they shouldn't go to. Um, obviously everything's tight and synced, but these still could get reclassified as, you know, more people get tested and more positive cases come back. So the one for me is your loopholing. You've got to be so careful with your loophole, especially if you're putting a player, I want to use Bianco as an example last week, Collingwood. Some people might've had him as the emergency at D7. They've got Mills. So in a normal week, if they just play their normal side, they get that score as an emergency. But what they may have done is maybe, maybe they had a Harry Sharp, mm. someone that was not playing. They got the awesome score on the Thursday. Maybe they had, you know, a Sean Darcy and super coach. They loved that 150. Mm. Or maybe they had a Cam Guthrie or someone like that. And they just said, I'm taking that captaincy score. I'm going to give Sharp the E. I'll put my Callum Mills on the bench and I'll have Bianco alongside him. Hmm. You know, happy days. You know, not really going to need that emergency. Um, No big deal. And then it comes to that point where you actually do need the score. Bianco's stuck without the emergency. So I think you've got to be really careful with your loopholes and make sure that you don't have anyone else playing in that line. Hmm. And if you do have that person late, make sure you position your team in a way that you can at least save. Because is where it's important, MJ. There's no point giving an emergency. For example, if you've got Gorn and Grundy and on your bench is Ned Reeves and just say Reeves plays after those guys, don't give him the emergency if you don't need it. Because what you could have done if it was late was you could have put two emergencies in the one line and giving yourself that out. Um, so I think it's just, again, it's, it's, I know it's really difficult because there's so much stuff happening, but setting up your team and double checking, what am I locking myself into with these emergencies? Because people, that's the line they always forget. You know, they always check their visa. They always check their captain. But do you double check your emergencies? Are you just putting an emergency on someone for no reason? Yeah. Because you really might need it. You might need to put two emergencies in the one line. We've seen yeah. it happen many times. So just setting up your team making sure everything is right. I know the fixture is changing a lot, but at this point in time, as we record, it is set in stone for this week. So you can Mm -hmm. plan that out, plan who are the guys that you know. You know, Harry Sharp is really easy because he's done for the year. Now, a Jai Newcomb or a Finn McRae, they're always at risk of being the sub. So there's inherent risk in that, especially if you're using them for a captaincy because you can get the the double whammy, MJ, the awful Mm -hmm. double whammy. Whereas if someone, you know, 
took a chance on, oh, I want the Jeremy Sharp score of last week, that monster 120. Mm-hmm. I'll use Jai Newcomb. He's also going to be my captaincy for that awesome 150 cool. I've got from Jack Steele. And he comes on for a five. Well, Brutal. there's a 250 point swing right there. So those are the, the disaster stories. Yeah. So just be really diligent. You've got five rounds to go. If you're taking it that seriously, the phone alarms are the best way <laughs> to just double check, you know, yeah. just set them up now. I need to make this trade now because it's the latest before the game starts. You know, I need to take my captaincy score or vice captaincy score at this point. Yeah. Otherwise I won't have any, just all those little one percenters. If you're really, if you're really into it, that's the length that the good coaches are going to. I know it sounds like it can be controlling your life, but really, if you're that invested in it and you're putting all that work in for a pre-season, jumping on the phone for 60, and because you know your moves, you're not, you're not, you're not doing the research you do in the week. You're just going, am I going to do this trade now? Yes or no. And then you just go from there. So that's just a few little pointers when we're into the nitty gritty end of the season. I like that. There's some good little nuggets of gold there for coaches that are trying to find these additional ways when we'll talk about trades and captaincy and vice captaincy, these big 50-50 decisions we make. There's some nice little nuggets there from Kane there. If you're just looking for ways to maximize 10, 20, 30 points on your field, there's some nice, really subtle ways. What about for you, Jordox? Is After looking back at the round that was, was there anything you're like, you know what? put this in the black book of don't forget um, of lessons to be learned from a pretty chaotic round for some coaches. It was chaotic, wasn't it? I think more just to piggyback, uh, you know, the points that Kane made, those those one percenters, there's one that that does trip people up as well in that same vein. And that's the the DPPs that you have, particularly if you use sharp and you flip him back and forth, um, you know, you might have a look at when the Brisbane game is because you're using Sharp um, as your loophole for whatever reason. Uh, and then it's time to, oh, yep, I'm going to flip into the back line to cover for this this guy. And then, oh, wait, the guy you were switching with played Friday night. So yeah. there's little things like that. I saw one, I did one recently where it was like, oh, I just realised that and I flicked it before and, and, and it worked out. The other lesson, look, I think this lesson is a more broad one for everyone at the moment. And, and the, you know, the thing that happened with Mills and Green and on the weekend and, and those who jumped early on a Dunkley and, and you know, or a Marshall, you know, people who jumped on Marshall last week, I talk about the roller coasters of fantasy footy, absolute highs, what a crack and score. And then, and then the, you know, the news yesterday or whenever it was. So I think the lesson... I think is just for everyone, just just take a breath. These are really, really strange times. Um, don't beat yourself up for stuff you can't control. This stuff happens. You know, a player can sometimes put, you know, hurt himself in the warm-up before a game, yep. which is comparable. Um, but I think we're all impacted by this pandemic in a, in a way where when it starts to leak onto our fantasy decisions and impacts in that <laughs> sense, it, it, it can be a little bit more painful and a bit more... Uh, impactful than you know a player caught you know having a sore hammy in, in the warm up. That that was my take. It it really threw me a bit, and I had to I had to just take a breath Sunday night and say, you know what, just whatever happens, happens. That's right. You do the best you can. Luck will come your way, and sometimes it won't. I think I, it's a nice call because that was probably my biggest takeaway from from last round is the reminder of how much luck is a factor in this game. You you don't win it off the back of luck alone. 
you need some skill to get you into the conversation. Luck alone doesn't get you there, but you need elements of luck to tip you over the line. Can you imagine a coach that's been playing Callum Mills in their midfield in AFL fantasy, for example, for the past few weeks. And they're like, ah, I just can't get sharps 120 odd. Um, I'm just going to have to forego it. And then luck falls their way and they get potentially what could have been their second or third best midfield score of the round. That's just incredible slice of luck. There are others that banked a Jack Steele vice captaincy score. And then, as you said, put that captaincy on a giant Newcomb thinking she'll be right. I'll run the gauntlet. Now, is that luck or is that a little bit of craziness? Probably more towards the end of it. But but you need elements of luck. He's jumping on a Josh Dunkleon or Rowan Marshall last week. Is that a bad trade? I don't think either of those would have been considered bad trades. I was bullish two weeks ago on trading into Rowan Marshall. So they're not bad yeah. trades. It's just bad luck. They were at a certain place at a certain time that meant that that's the case. So, so luck's going to be a factor of this game. The fact that coaches, it was the last game of the round, not the first game on a Sunday that was the Giants and Swans game. That It's just bad luck. Luck is a factor in this game that is unquantifiable, untouchable. You ask anyone that's won an overall rankings, they'll tell you this. They worked really hard. They studied, they did their research, they backed their gut, and then they got a little bit of luck along the way. And you need all those elements piecing together for you to be able to win the thing. And if luck went your way, enjoy it. And if it didn't, that's okay. It, it'll come and it'll go. Um, sometimes you have to make your own luck. And then sometimes life's out of your control a little bit. Um, but that's okay. Um, speaking of bad luck, Dustin Martin copped a horrific injury over, over the round. Like no one wants to see any player get hindered at all. But when they're champions of the game, nay, greats of the game, um, and not just current era, like Dusty will go down as a Hall of Fame caliber player, um, no doubt about. It. But when we see these greats of the game go down, wincing in pain, that kidney injury from what looked like a real just footy knock and, and, and nothing innocuous, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, he now. Um, has gone from the must-have forward at the end of round two to a frustrating own mid-season to now, even with coaches that are in limited trades, probably, if you've even just got one left, depending on your cover, he's probably the guy you have to trade. So I guess my question to both you lads, for the vast majority of coaches if you don't own him, chances are multiple people in your league or multiple people in the top 100 do. What are we doing with Dustin Martin? I've put my top five takes up now. You can check it out at coachespanel.tv. But, Kane, maybe we'll start with you, kind of across the formats. Are there some names and some players that Dustin Martin owners should be looking to make the trade to? Oh, there's absolutely some names, MJ. It's funny how we started the preseason and we loved the forward line. I think we spoke about just how hard it's going to be for people to crack into this forward line. We had, you know, your Dunkley, Zorko, Dangerfield, Marshall. Um, I'm forgetting someone else, I'm sure. that was Side bottom, I think, prominent. was in there. Side yeah. bottom was enough. That was the one preseason. That was our sort of five with, you know, your Dusty, Butters, those type of guys, you know, who breaks in, Heaney as well. Yeah. Um, and now oh, we gosh. look at it. Tommy Phillips. Oh, gosh. 
for a big one. It's different. Yeah, Tom Phillips as well. By the time oh. the preseason had, had gone, oh, man. he could be an option. No, he, he actually genuinely could be if you're really struggling for cash. Don't but mind it. I actually don't mind it. I think it. The, there's a couple of there's a there's a couple of tiers. There's a couple of tiers, MJ. Uh-huh. If you're down to one trade, and you can go anywhere, you, you're going to Aaron Hall first. Yep. You're probably going to Zorko. Dane Zorko. Those are one A and one B in my books. Yeah. Um, the one who's probably honestly he's probably put himself C category now is Degoe. Um, yeah. I know the marks are probably unsustainable up at nine. I know the opposition is going up a gear this weekend with Poir. Um, but just the eye test, watching him roam around the ground, yeah. um, really wants the ball and he's pretty much getting for it every time he asks for it. Um, you know, he's, he's on those long, deep leads to the back 50 to get those marks. And that's why he's going at nine marks a game pretty much since he's become a midfielder. And that's a massive number. Like yeah. he's around the ball and it's no surprise that he is scoring you know, up so above well. that 110, 115 range um, regularly. The formats, it's, yeah. it's no surprise watching him play. Yeah, like he's he's genuinely on fire. You know, he's going at 120 in his last three. And if you look at his past six games, there's five tons there. The only poor score was against the Crows, which was a 78, which really isn't that bad when, you know, the last yeah. three are 115 plus. So he's the one. You're paying for it now, though. You it's almost at that week, isn't paying. it? Like if we look at his price point, you know, on on to go, he's six eighty six now in AFL fantasy, um, four ninety in in Super Coach, and in Dream Team six eighty five. So he's he's now at the level people that picked him in the preseason. He's now delivering probably more than what we thought he'd actually be. On to go, he, um, I don't know, Jordox. We'll get some of your takes in a sec on some players. Is it now or never? Or because of the matchup, is he gone? Well, I think I think that was last week. Yeah, I have him. I have him gone, MJ. Again, I'd have to be in a unique situation, like I said, where it's one trade. I can't get to Zorko and Paul. I'm taking Degoe. Yeah, got it. I think there's a lot of people that are in the. I have a couple trades left, mm. so I sort of still have to think of value, and I think Degoe's gone past the value. You know, he's a hundred and. 30k over his starting price in DT. Um, you know, the genius is out there. You could have got him before the Geelong game at 430k. Oh. So that was where the people who got him have done their dash. Yeah. Um, he's up getting he's getting up near, you know, Cam Guthrie's a similar price. You know, Gosh. that's that stuff of stuff. Again, he's he deserves it. He's playing that well. Yes. But I think is. in the four line, you know, if I look down at here, obviously Ron Marshall was in that mix before mm-hmm. the news this week. Yep. Um, Shy Bolton's the obvious one with Dusty out. Um, he already gets some midfield minutes, but you know, you wrote that article, Amazon, that it highlighted just the numbers he can produce. And mm. now we're talking about a five-game stretch here. Um, never really gets tagged. Nope. He's a hard guy to tag because of his pace, kicks a goal. Um, you know, at his price, he's undervalued. You know, he's mm. had some poor scores that have really brought his price down. So he's definitely unders mm. um, clearly can go 90 for a stretch i think that's the number you're hoping for i think anything yeah. more than that is great i think the floor is 80 yeah um, yes he can put some 50s out which in a five game stretch would really hurt correct um, but again he's at that price with upside and the guys around him can also do 
this. I think the <laughs> last one I'll leave us with is, um, again, I love I love Matt Kennedy, but I think he's another one that might have just slipped by. The one I I really like is Harry Schoenberg, and, and clearly. Shoners. The CBAs are actually pretty constant. They're pretty constant. Sorry, sorry, it's not, I missed it. Who there's was not that? a big spike. Who was it? Harry Schoenberg from the Adelaide Harry Pros. Schoenberg. Your boy. My, my boy. So when, when I saw the scores over the past few weeks going at basically 90s in both formats, I wanted, I wanted to see was there a distinct sort of um, midfield change. Now, the CBAs are pretty much the same all season. I think it's the intent, though, that he's been going to the other team's best player. He's been in that midfield with a real a real aggression to attack the other team. Mm. And again, he's already naturally good at that. But the past three weeks, what excites me is the tackle count. The tackle count's yeah. gone. He's averaging three for the year. And that includes the last three weeks where he's gone six, seven, and six. Now, he's also kicked a goal in that time. And I think... Sometimes when you're at this point of the season, you start thinking about next year. And what I mean by that is I can see the narrative now. We come to the end of the season and we look at the numbers and we say, you know how Schoenberg averaged 95 in his last seven games? Yeah. Because he's, he's priced at 70, he's priced at 75. You know, he's probably yeah. going to keep that forward status from some of his early stuff in this season. So when I look at this point, I go, he's done 98 in his last two. He's got the role. Yeah, he's in a team that wants to see him develop. Yep, this momentum going, mm-hmm. and it's he's at a point in his career now where, you know, he's in that thirty-game sort of mark where you actually start seeing this improvement. So for me, it's more going. I can see that narrative where he continues this on. I can see him being a massive buzz name. So at this price, you know, he's another eighty k cheap. Than Shy Bolton, mm. you know, is that something you think? If you've got very little trades left, can he be close enough that when I pull the trigger on that final trade, that might get me the extra bit? Because we know that with Schonberg scoring, that one thirteen is that's a really impressive score that yeah. you know Shy doesn't really pull out too often. And when the game is twenty four touches, eight marks, six tackles, and a goal, it's pretty complete. You can't really ask for more well rounded than that. Yeah. Um, again, the fixtures not out of this world. It doesn't terrify me. Um, you know, it's solid teams, but I think Hawthorne's very friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, Bulldogs. And again, fixtures, what's fixture at this point of the season? <laughs> with COVID. But I just think yeah, I can totally. see that. I can see that narrative where we go, geez, this is a guy. And I'm not going to say he's going to get to these heights, but we saw it with McLean. We saw it with Dunkley. These guys yeah. that they've just done enough to retain their forward status but they, they understand that move and they score. So if you're feeling like you need to save some dollars to make another move, I think Schoenberg is the lower end of the basket where I think you can still get some real bang for your buck. I like it. Some sneaky ones there. What about for you, Jordox? We've got some good names, some top end of the tree, some, some sneaky smokies that help you. Are there any others that you see us considering? Yeah, there are. There, there's, there's plenty, really. It's that time of the year where, you know, you can't rule anything out. Um, just uh, just on Schoenberg, I love that you looked into him, uh, Kane, and he. Um, I think with him, just to add to to what you're saying, it's a bit of a confidence thing for him. So he was he was going in and out forward forward mid forward mid, and in that Essendon game a couple of weeks ago, 
he went to merit at half, at half time and, and shut him down. So I think that gave him a bit of confidence. Actually meant his time on ground was a little bit higher as well because um, he's been given that role. Uh, he didn't have such a role on the weekend when he scored his 113 against West Coast. Um, I think he'll go and spend some time with Tom Mitchell this week. Um, another interesting thing about him, he hasn't missed a game since he debuted. So mm. he's, he's 25 games in. Um, and I know he's playing for a bottom club, but, you know, Adelaide, is, they've tried so many different players through that midfield and, you know, try and give everyone a taste. And he's he's held strong the whole time. Anyway, this isn't the Harry Schoenberg uh, podcast. No, but, no, uh, that, that, that'll start next year by the sounds of it. But, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll start my own. Can't, me and Cam will do it. Um, so, look, I think I think with Dusty, particularly if you are in that position um, where you're down to one trade or it's just, you're really down towards the end, um, can you do a DPP and get a midfielder? Um, because, you know, naturally midfielders are probably more likely to get more points. So if you've got someone in the midfield to flick, uh, there's a guy I like, and I'm looking at the bargains here, um, is uh, Braden Fiorini. So he's such an interesting player. All year I've been wondering why he couldn't get a game, and I know his disposal's laying down. And he's been around a few years, but this is a guy who, if he plays, win or lose, he scores. He gets the ball. He is a magnet. So he scored three tons in a row since since he came on as a medical sub. He came on, I think it was in a second quarter of a game and scored 70. He's played every game since for three tons. Um, Greenwood's now out, unfortunately, um, for the year. I, yeah, it, it, it's risky because he could have a, a bad one. They could get smashed by Brisbane this week and he'll be out the door, but I just like him. I liked him two weeks ago, and he hasn't done anything. Um, now, with the forwards, um, there is a guy that's that's really – it's high risk, I reckon, but high reward, and it's Tom Lynch from Adelaide, the Adelaide version. So, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, he's 4.43. So I'm talking, you know, absolute bottom of the of the barrel – when you're looking at that price range, someone like him pops up. Now, a bit about his season. He's obviously um, past his best. Yes. Um, he was a solid 90 guy through those years when the Crows were challenging. And um, This season, he started the year with a, with an 85, I think it was, in the win against Geelong, and then had like five or six 60s in a row, and then had that infamous game where he was the injured medical sub. But he had been carrying a toe injury for quite a while and I would say that could contribute to all those 60s he's now had I think nine or ten weeks off uh he's had two weeks in the sandfall I couldn't believe he didn't play the week before against Essendon they came in on the weekend and passed the eye test for me 25 touches uh plenty of marks scored an 88 you know I think the Crows play him for the rest of the year I just think he's too important um you know such a young forward line. He he just adds a bit of class and, um, geez, could you do it though? Four forty three, cheap as chips. Um, something I'm looking at. Yeah, I think the the real key thing, and and Kane touched on it with Schonberg, is to go down to somebody like that from that price point. It's because you need that cash to do something else. Um, if it's just doing it because it's unique, I think there are other unique options 
that you could consider that doesn't really cost you much price point, either a small up or small down. So the, the Lynch's and the Schonberg's are the one of two categories. I don't care. And I just want to pick, so three categories. I don't care. And I just want to pick players <laughs> I like watching. That's one. Number two, I need the cash. And I think the totality of the upgrades I do is, is that what I need? So it's a Lynch Schonberg from Dusty. It gets me the Parish, the Miller, um, the whoever, and I don't have to settle for something in the in an additional line. Or the third, your year is done. You don't care about your leagues and your rankings, and you just want to have fun. You you just want to pick players. You want to try a different strategy. You want to do something you've never done before. You want to try and and, and attempt yourself with doing different things that you normally wouldn't do with the season on the line. And and that's what I'd say to coaches that if your ranking is shot, um, your league is toast and you want to play out the year, don't just go shit for five weeks. Of course you can, but treat it as a free five week free hit to go try some different stuff loophole some captaincy options you normally might go oh normally the conservative me would look at the fixture this week and go oh hang on jack Steele's my only chance of getting jack Steele as a captain um is if i have to loophole Brody grundy uh, on thursday night well hang on why don't you do something crazy and put the vice captaincy on i don't know Aaron Hall against Carlton. Like, if, and might, that might be so against what you normally do. You d- use this opportunity of the year to get creative if, if your year is done. So, yeah, that, that's my kind of take on a pick like Lynch. I've, I've just got one as well. If just for the those who play league, sure. you're just looking okay. at, you know, say, say your ranking's gone or you don't care about rankings and you're trying to win a premiership. Okay. Um, there's a guy who's even older than Tom Lynch. Who I reckon oh, is priced nicely. We're not <laughs> looking at Sean Burgoyne, are we here, mate? <laughs> no. So Buddy Franklin, the man, um, he's got a nice four-week average. He, he's been doing okay, um, and he's on the hunt for that thousand goals for his career. Now he finishes in prelim final week for fantasy coaches in, in competition. He's got North in the yep. prelim, and then in the grand final, he's got uh, Gold Coast. So it's a big call with how the fixtures move and, and I'm never one to, to look too far ahead at fixtures, but geez, you could see a couple of big bags late. That's just a, a fun one for, for the less serious coaches. I, I reckon he needs seven goals plus to turn up because he's not doing anything outside of the forward 70. So I like it. If, if Again, if you're looking for creative you're right, there's a couple of matchups that are there, but but you gotta be banking on he hit a, bags. He hit a 90, 92 the other week, three goals only. How many behinds in that one? <laughs> three. Yeah, okay. So three, six three. shots on goal. That. Okay. So so that's what he needs. Um he, North and Goldcash. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Tarrant. Um yeah, don't mind it though. Don't mind it. If you want to get creative. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's a time of year, you know, it's um yeah there's just lots of fun options there yes have a crack mm. know know your objectives play to them and, and absolutely go for it's it. a five-week slot it's a five-week gig in your team it's all you it's need not a season choice no no that's exactly right it's a good chat if you think you can pop a 90 over five weeks then it's not crazy uh he doesn't have to do it over 16 20 22 it's just 
can he do it for five games from here on in? So that's all good. Um, what do we do, lads? This is probably more limited trades. I think there's a little bit of it we could learn for AFL Fantasy, but probably more limited trades before we get to our Patreon questions. When you find yourself with that, let's be honest, no one has more than four trades left, um, to be fair, unless you're deliberately playing a super conservative role for leagues. Um, other, that's probably the only exception I'll, I'll kind of hear. Um or being really, 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 really lucky. Or you're really, 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 really bad at the game. What One of those two options kind of rolling through there. What do we do with these one, two, three, four trades that we have left after we had a great illustration just of the weekend gone of the importance of not just bench coverage, but the value of trades is becoming... Really important because to your point, Jordox, five weeks left. If a trade is going to get you 20 points bonus from now to the end of the year, it's only 100 points. And while I know I say it in a negative sense, only 100 points, you could make up 60 points a week just off the captaincy call. Consider the difference between Grundy and Steele captaincy considerations last week. There's 60 points right there. So, so came for you. Like, what do we do in these more limited trades where we're the team's relatively complete or is complete, but we've got these niggling guys that aren't delivering and we're watching some red hot guys. We're watching the Dagoes fly and we've got the Isaac coming, the steel side bottom, um, even Pendlebury in, in Dream Team and Supercoach, where he's been okay, but not amazing, albeit we didn't pay much for him. What? How do we value these trades over these last five weeks? I think three or less. You're only really trading now for a season-ending injury or if you have absolutely no cover. I think you've got to back your cover in at every chance you get. If you've got a James Harms and you believe it's going to be a one-week and you've got Bianco or you've got um, someone else on the pine that can cover you, yeah. maybe you got Durham last week, you just have to back them in, you know, whether it's 30 points, if that's 30 points out of the hundred, you thought you were going to lose, you know, I do think we'll keep getting these things because, you know, a Brandon Ellis hamstring will pop up for another five or six relevant players no doubt. in the remaining five weeks. It just depends if you're going to cop it or not, you know, is it going to be a player that you own or not? Um, and that's where, gets hard because sometimes people think aggressive and they think you got to make moves, but sometimes the most aggressive move is to actually back in your bench. True. And to think that, you know what, with one week to go, you know, I've got two trades left and I'll just pick, you know, is there a midfielder that I think is going to get a tag? You know, is there that, and you can maybe, maybe you can make up 50 points, but that's the hard thing about this game, MJ. If we knew, if we knew what to do all the time, and that's the fine line. No one wants to, I feel like, have trades left in the chamber, so to yeah. speak, when it comes to the final round. But sometimes that falls your way and there is mass carnage the final round. And yeah. you've got two trades to access and you make up 200, 250 points because everyone else is out and yeah. they've got no cover and they've got no options. And it's all true. of a sudden you swoop in. It happens every year. That's where it gets really tricky but 
the math you did is exactly right. If you're making an upgrade now, you know, we sort of value it at 100 points to trade. Yeah. So at this point of the season, five weeks to go, a 20-point upgrade gets you just 100 points. Now, what happens that gets really rough is if you traded into a Dustin Martin or a Brandon Ellis oh last gosh. week, yeah. now all of a sudden you're trading into a donut. So that's where it gets really hard to make moves at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a premium or someone out there that is so blaringly obvious. Usually what happens is it's a rookie. You know, if you really believe that Jeremy Sharp is a 95 guy and you've still got a rookie on field, yeah. you know, a restructure would be a massive points game because you're probably taking, you know, a rookie that's a 40 or 50 on your field to a Sharp that's, a, you believe, a 90. There's 50 a week. That's yeah. 250 over five weeks. Yep. Um, you know, that's the type of stuff that you sort of need. But I think at this point of the season, if you've got even four or less, really, um, you're hoping for carnage in a way. You're hoping yeah, for, pe- for people that, and the weird thing is, you're not, you're, in a way, you're hoping for you not to have it, but at the same time, you want stuff to happen so that you can make <laughs> these moves. I don't see there being the blaringly obvious tagger. You know, obviously, the, the obvious move would be if you've got a guy that is poor against the tag, you know, let's just say Matt DeBoer is at his peak. Yeah, um, you saw what he did to Sam Walsh when they played. They're playing in round twenty-three. You've got a trade left. Well, that would be an obvious move to take the awesome value that Sam Walsh is. Get whoever mm-hmm. you can that's got an awesome matchup, and maybe you'll get a hundred points that way. So, yeah, I think at this stage, when we're five weeks out, it's a very much sit back, relax, see where the cards fall. Um, your other option, and this is where obviously it comes in for leagues, is um, make your moves now to yeah. win that league matchup that's vital, whether that's matching someone or going unique. Yeah. And that's like, that's the sweet spot for you, Jordox, isn't it? You kind of leagues is your bad boy. And so what do you do with, with leagues being the focus again, ultimately, I guess it determines where and when you are on the ladder, what these next couple of weeks kind of hold for you. What's your advice for coaches that are the playing leagues and have these last handful of trays left? What would you be telling them to do if that's their focus? Yeah, like you said, it depends who you're playing in these final rounds. You know, are you fighting for top eight? Are you fighting for top four? Are you safe? Can you move in the ladder? Um, you know, if you've got a dead rubber for the final round, you can't move in the finals, you know, hold those trades. Um, you know, Dusty's, you know, he's an interesting one because he, he's out for the year. He's done. There's no, uh, there's no, to be no deliberating, he, he, he goes, unless, you know, you've got, you know, Unless your team is that good, you've got Tom Phillips's F7. Hmm. But I think um, I think the other thing I'd say is, you know, when you've got such little trades left, um, you know, I, I guess rule of thumb for me will be if it's a one-week injury, um, and we can never know really, but we only go on the evidence and the information that's fed to us. So like a James Harm, um, you know, ear infection last week, mm. just just to the silliness of last round to miss with an ear infection, um, you know, a one weaker you hold. And then just, I think the important thing is to really keep your ears to the ground. You know, there's so much information out there. So like an Oleg Markov, for example, had a shocking score um, the week before and then was out injured. So, thought, you know, you could think that's a definite trade. But if you hang in there to, to hear enough info long enough, um, it may have been during the mid-round, but it turned out he actually picked up 
a bit of a sore calf or, or something in the third quarter of that game. So now mm. you've got the explanation for his poor score yeah. and the coach saying he'll be back next week. The other thing I'd say too is, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this year um, uh, there's been so many cases of, of a prognosis for a player, so two to four weeks or, or whatever it is. And then the next week it's like, oh, he's come good. He, he might actually play, <laughs> play in the two this week. I mean, there was the most ridiculous one of what I've ever seen that was glossed over with Tom Hickey earlier in the year. He'd, he'd done some major right. injury and he was back, which was annoying for people who picked up Sinclair and Draft. But anyway, let's not go into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like Zach Butters, you know, he might be back this week. Um, yeah. So my point is, if someone's out for two weeks, you might get lucky. It might just be the one week. So, yeah, hold, because you want those trades in the finals. They They... Inevitably, the the guy the, the the coach with trades late when there's stuff that happens, it always happens. It's the eve of the finals. People get rested. It's those coaches that held, 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 have those two trades, one trade, whatever it may be, prelim, final, grand final. That can be the the difference. Particularly now with the rolling knockout, because you yeah. can just pinpoint your opponent. Um, you know, the best trade may be to upgrade to this blah blah. I might wait till Saturday night, and if I trade in a, a, a shared player, that's actually the end of the, the game. You can actually trade to victory. So it's so different now with rolling lockouts. Um, but, yeah, there's a few things that certainly run through my mind as we head towards the uh, pointy end. Yeah, nice. There's so much you can do with, with these players. It's all about um, probably the best advice I could give is look laterally at your team and don't just think about, I've got this one player, therefore I've got this one move. Only. Throw it out to someone. Like That's the beauty of being a part of our Patreon supporter group is you've got that opportunity to just throw your teams out there. Let us see it. Let us help you. Let us comment around it. Being a part of a group of, of a fantasy community that helps encourage, gives you different perspectives that goes, hey, I'm thinking of about a trade, but are you, are you seeing anything that I'm not seeing? We, we all do that in life, don't we? Where, we? where we lock into an idea around something and then it takes somebody else to go, yep, that's fine, but can I challenge you or can I encourage you to see this perspective or this from a different lens? And, and that's the great thing about fantasy communities is then finding the people you can trust to get that opinion from. Cause you're more than happily, if you put it out on Twitter to the randomness, uh, you will get random hashtag people uh, telling you what they think. So finding trusted people is sometimes the hardest part, but they're absolutely there. The other thing too, um, you know, for those head to head coaches in leagues, um, putting a question on Twitter or Facebook can be dangerous because your opponent could see the question and you don't want to give away that sort of info. And if you're up against one of your mates, you might need to speak to your other mates for advice. All part of the fun of August. That's exactly what it is. All right, lads, before we wrap up this episode, there's a couple, just a couple of questions from our Patreons. Um, But I'm going to give you guys an advanced question. I'm curious on because Kane and I are working on, as I said, at the top of this episode, uh, who we think are the best 50 players to get in a brand new keeper league at the end of the questions from our Patreons. I want to ask you this. If you could pick a franchise player, who would it be? The franchise player is largely the person you'd love to pick first in a keeper league. It might not be the overall ranking. It might be, for example, it, you might say, I want Brody Grundy. 
because I, I just want to build my team knowing that I've got the best Ruckman for the next few years. That might be your approach. You might go, I'm picking Matt Rao because while he hasn't really done much, especially this year, I saw enough in a handful of games last year to believe he's there. He's my franchise player. So I want to get your guys' take at the end of this, your franchise pick in a brand new keeper league if you were picking tonight. Yes, Kane, we will use that as weapon information against you for the next time we're in a keeper league draft. But uh, let's hit to the questions straight out of the gate. I'll throw it to you, Kane, while we've got you there. Chris Williams is in the top 100 of AFL fantasy. And he's got this dilemma. Dusty out, danger, or Dugowie in? He feels danger is safer, but he's interested in your thoughts. Now, please just keep in mind, Kane, uh, I know you're not far off the top 100 in uh, AFL fantasy. <laughs> I'm in that at the moment. So let's put that aside at the moment that we are actually going to give good advice that we are not going to undercut our good Patreon, Chris, here. What, what's Should your take? I ask me, MJ. It's actually I'm, very close. I'm, it's- I'm, it's- I've completely, yeah, <laughs> You're go completely out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, go, go John. Where would you go, man? <laughs> no, I was glad you asked, Kane, because I, I read John Berg. Got it. Compromise. Great. Moving on. No, <laughs> no. Tom Lynch. Tommy Lynch. Now, I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let Kane because he'll give a more considered answer. My first thought is just danger for safety. <laughs> but geez, Chris, you got to top hundred. Um, you know, probably not by playing it safe. So. Oh, I'm on the fence with this one. I, I like danger just for that safety. And and I think the go is going to be more popular. So I don't know. Kane, give a give a better answer than that, because I'm I'm nowhere near top hundred. Well it is very close mm. in my mind because we've played this game long enough, MJ, to know that the hot hand is key in yes. fantasy. You know, every the real people that separate are the ones on the hot hand. And Dugowie is a super, super hot hand. And I just bought myself a little bit of time to look it up. So thanks to Hef at the Keeper League podcast for putting this up earlier today. Mm. Top 100 coaches, the ownership percentages. So the safe answer, and this is obviously pre-trades this week, but Danger's in 81 of the top 100 teams. Dugowie's in 73. So it is very, very cool. Um, the Goey's obviously got that consistency. Again, you'd love to hear that Gary Rowan's back in the team. Yep. I think that would give you um, a bit of confidence. Um, he will be. I probably like the fixture. I hope so, Jordan. I hope so. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen much of the Cats um, sort of just before the bounce management, but I really hope so. I like watching <laughs> Gary play. Um, but it would just be dangerful for me that that ownership in the top hundred, if I'm conserving rank would be the way I go. It is, as I said, very close. And it's just, it's just that little fixture playing some teams that are really hungry. Like yeah. I'm looking at that again, and this is hard because we know that opponents can change now, but I think there is a clear intention to play the teams that were on your schedule at the very least. Yes. When I look at Port West coast, Brisbane and Essendon, there's four of the five teams for the Pies. Mm. You know, they're all top eight hungry. Two of them are top four mm. hungry and have some guys, you know, I think of Stasevich. I think of some of the guys in Port Adelaide's team that on a good day can really lock down. I know he's floating midfield, mm. but those can be um, tricky matchups. So for me, by a nose, I'd go danger. 
Nice. I like it. I like it. There you go, Chris. I hope that kind of helps uh, you out a little bit. Sarah wants to know, we'll throw this another AFL fantasy question over to you, uh, Jordox. Uh, the reason why there's a lot of AFL fantasy questions is simply this. In Dream Team and Supercoach, you don't have much choice left to go. So AFL fantasy with the two trades a week, as you've seen over the past couple of weeks, those questions kind of emerge to the top because you've actually got options that you can make. Sarah wants to know, Jordox, should we be focusing on having decent bench cover, i.e. keeping some of those cashed out cows? I'll use Bianco as an illustration. She didn't, but I will for, for these late outs. Or should we continue this one up, one down, and if it means we sacrifice some of our bench scoring depth, so be it. What, what's your kind of take there, Jordox? Yeah, so the, she said um, to cover for late COVID out. So I think rightly so, the weekend we've just experienced has got probably a lot of people um, nervous and, and, and completely understand that. I wouldn't change your strategy based on it, Sarah, and the reason is, and I think... Um, with with what's happening, obviously it's completely unpredictable. But what happened to Toby Green and Callum Mills and Roe Marshall and Josh Duncan, that's it's very unlikely that's going to continue to happen because is, there is yeah. going to be yeah, yeah, you know, the, the players they'll be I don't want to say locked up, but they'll be put in a very harsh bubble, um, which is tough for them. Um, but I think the chances of of another weekend up with just experienced this season are quite unlikely. So Sarah, I wouldn't change your strategy um, based on that. It's not going to hurt to have cover, but when you say decent bench cover, you know, do you mean more, it depends if you mean sort of for points or for job security. So I, I look at a, at a Connolly, right? Who's mm. um, at St Kilda. He just, he looks, he's great to watch. He's playing really well. You're lucky if he breaks a 40 or a 50 score wise. Um, so right now, he might not be someone you trust for points, but yeah. the job security, I think, is there. And then you never know what happens. Highmore's out now. He's hurt his hand. Yeah. Maybe there's some more points. So um, stick with the strategy you were running with before this weekend would be my advice. Yeah, I think it's important. Again, if you were to look through the top 100 coaches, give or take, across the formats, there's, there's a scarcity of depth that, that runs through there. Um, there's coaches that have a lot of reds and not a lot of cash left. And, and so again, part of the bad luck coaches copped this week, not, not just the tried to loophole and got things, it's that coaches have got all their eggs in the on-field basket in AFL fantasy in, in all formats that's there, but it, it's mostly evident in AFL fantasy. Um, because the feel is I'll just trade and I'll sideways. And, and for most weeks that works for you. But there is a scarcity of options through there. And, and as someone that is in that contention space, not to win it, I'm, I'm, I'm too far off that, but to be in that top tiered group, and I came similar and a lot of people are fish and other panelists and others are all in that top hundred give or take is don't sacrifice your bench for a non-playing guy or a guy that'll only be there for a week. Because if you go and get yourself a Ronan O'Connor type, all you're going to get is a 20 or 30 at best. The only There, there are two players in our, again, in AFL Fantasy, Kate, that I, I would have any confidence giving me a good score as cover at the moment that are quote-unquote rookies. Sharp and Bramble. 
no one else do I have confidence in getting over a 50 week in, week out. Um, and so as long as you've got some visibility that you think that player is going to give you another four or five games, go for it. So if that's a Durham, for example, you think he's going to play the next four or five weeks, back that in. But just know Dylan Shields not far away. Langford's not far away. Caldwell's back into full training. You bet your sweetness. Essendon want to see this complete midfield to give fans and players this belief of what the future will be, even if they can't sneak into finals this year. So for me, it's yes, I, I agree with what you're saying there, Jordox, is don't deviate away, but don't destroy your cover because you could get caught out. That said, don't destroy your on-field options of points. I know it feels like it's the negative points combating each other, but they actually sit alongside each other very, very nicely. Uh, Kane, to you, a uh, fellow panellist at Rids has dropped an interesting question um, that has uh, kind of perplexed a few coaches um, throughout social media, seen some pretty poor behaviour, if I'm honest, on how people have behaved on social media. Um, just not on that kind of way of speaking that's, to people. That's surprising. Uh, no, it's not surprising. Um, it's disappointing mm-hmm. um, that, yeah. that grown men and women decide to behave like that. That's the kind of behavior I teach my kids isn't acceptable, let alone adults that can function um, on, on their own two feet. But um, he asked this question. He says, lads, what's your thoughts on how formats can have better solutions to COVID-related outs moving forward? I know a laid out is being regarded as a laid out, but does this mean for maybe the more limited traded formats do we need to increase the year total trades to accommodate potentially more of these in future? What's your take on that, Kane? Well, the take I'd love to see the League's Institute is that, again, we love the limited number of trade formats for what they are. We know that AFL Fantasy is the two a week and we get three a week during the buys. But what I would love to see, and I think the strategy it would open up for us on this podcast and people playing the game, is to have access to those, let's just say the number's 30, have access to those 30 trades all year. If you want to waste 30 trades in round one, be my guest. I think there's nothing more frustrating in this game when it gets to just say round five as an example, MJ. There might be a couple cows. There might be three or four cows on the bubble. And then guess what? You've got an injured premium. That's a week where you want to use five trades because you think that's the best way to use those five trades your team now last week in that example it's very tough because it's late it's the last game of the round so you've really got to make a decision there on you know for instance i've got no callum mills lucky me i don't have lloyd i'll go to lloyd that's how i want to use my trades because i've already used two just say um or maybe it was a rookie i just think if we had access to our 30 trades at any point in the season that creates that future strategy that hey, I'm in a bad buy round. I've had some misfortune. I'm going to have to push really hard here. I'm going to burn some more trades. I'm going to burn five or six trades to get myself through. And I'm going to have to be really disciplined on the back end. So I just would love to see us be able to access at least more than two a week. You know, let us just have access. Let us self-govern how we use these trades. I think the strategy that would come into effect there would be incredible. And you talk about wanting to make up ground late. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine MJ, the swings late in the season for coaches that have gone really hard early? 
I think it would just favor coaches yeah. like us who who back in premiums. I think the people that you know jump on the guy that gets the first two big games, um, it will come to bite him. So, yeah, I'd love to see the games open up more than two available a week. Again, mm. I'd love to go all the way to you have 30 at your disposal, you use them how you see necessary. Uh, but I think even if we open that number up to four or five, at least in a situation like that where you're really impacted late, you've at least got an option that you can work through. What do you think, Jordan? It's, it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm, you know, I tend to, uh, I tend to think with these things that <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like tampering with the game. Um, I think you've made great points to back up the idea, but for me, it just feels too, it just deviates from what the game is to me, but that, that's just me. Um, and to Rids's question about, you know, better solutions to the COVID-related outs, I mean, you know, and, and there's been plenty of feedback, as you mentioned, MJ, on what should have done. And, and I find sometimes with these things, the people's opinions are heavily impacted by their experience. Um, you know, did they get affected by it? I think we've got a precedent where if it's a single player that's out due to COVID, there'll be nothing. It's just bad luck. Mm. Um, and then last year we saw the the Essendon Melbourne game where a whole game was called off. Yeah. Um, and then I think depending on the format, you either got average score or um, um, best 18 was in, in place. I, I think, this is the second year we've played, the AFL has been dealing with COVID and, and therefore it's the second year we've, as coaches, been dealing with fantasy footy in this COVID world. Um, I think the comps are going to get better with every year in managing it. Um, I think it's so hard to keep everyone happy. Um, and I think, I, I hate it because on, on, on Sunday, it, it look, it didn't affect me too. It sort of affected me more in draft. It destroyed me in draft. Um, but my heart went out to people who are, you know, like you guys who are so close to the, you know, the top 100, the top whatever it is, and something like that, it's so hard to take. Um, I just don't think extra trades or anything like that. I just think it's the lay of the land and it's the world we're all living in now and the comps will get better at it, but it is what it is for now. Yep, no, fair enough. Too. All right, one last one. Uh, Kane, we need uh, for, for Ian McRae, a Patreon of ours, needs a little bit of a uh, three-quarter time huddle. Teddy Witten Jr., do something, inspire me. Famous coaching moment because he finds himself <laughs> in Supercoach ranked 666. There's your problem right there, Ian. Just letting you know that that's <laughs> your problem for those that are suspicious. Um, but he caught both the Mills and Green uh, bullets last week, safe to say. And even though he feels like he's played the game the best that he possibly could, um, it's meant that he's now seeing himself tumble down the rankings. Um, and he, he doesn't feel like he's done anything wrong. He's kind of losing that motivation, even though it's only five more weeks, kind of losing that motivation, to, which is the, I actually had a really good year. Now it doesn't really matter. What would you say to someone like Ian to finish the season well, even when you've had some things go your way early? And now clearly it feels like in the last hundred meters, a, a little bit of a hamstring injury. What's your inspirational coach speech for him, mate? Oh, MJ, it's, the thing that always gets me is it's, it's all about momentum. So if you're having a, a terrible start to the season, 
and you're 3K at this point, just say, mm. but you were 10, you feel great. But if you were 20th and now you're 600, you feel like right. Ian, maybe you feel like you're not saying that Ian was 20th, but if you're trending the opposite way, you feel like you've done something wrong. I think you just got to reset and think there's so many great people that play these games. Yeah, there is. And as you mentioned, so much luck goes into it. But if you said with five rounds to go, you were 666th overall, especially in a format like Supercoach where the numbers, the people that play, mm-hmm. information that that's out there is greater than anything. I think we all know that Apple Fantasy's got some great coaches and, and Dream Team in particular, while a small number of people play, there's no people playing that game that don't love fantasy. So it's as hardcore a 10K competition as you can get. So you, you just got to reflect on that and say, Anytime you're in the top thousand, again, especially in a super coach with those numbers, yeah, that's a huge effort. Yeah, and at the end of the day, for Ian, he's got no control over these plays. He's obviously put it together an amazing team to be in that spot. So, in a in a positive way, there's actually not much thinking you can do, especially yeah. in his position with with Mills and Green. How many trades you got left? If you don't have many left, you know, do you want to move a Mills and Green on and get the points this week? You think it's better to, you know, if you've got bench, obviously I'm suggesting use the bench because they're both one weekers. Mm. But really, I think it's just that perspective switch. As I said, if he was steaming home and he'd come from 10K to 8K to 5K, all of a sudden you're in it. You know, you feel like you're trending the right way. Even though Ian's, you know, thousands of spots ahead of a lot of people. Um, I think it's just reflecting on that and saying, um, you know, even if it means you don't watch the games for the weekend, yeah. just put your team in, put the phone just down. disconnect a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes you join in halfway through the round and you go, I'm, I'm on one here. You know, you look around your leagues and you, you're in the top few scorers in your leagues and you, all of a sudden that enjoyment comes back in. It is totally normal to have those fluctuations. I know personally that happens heaps of times. Usually it's on the back of an injury. Hmm. You know, I got a Brandon Ellis injury last week in a format I'm doing well in and it's out of my control. Yep. I looked at my team. I said, oh, could I have done anything better? Could I have put Ellis on the bench? I had a non-playing player, so I could have used a Nukem. And then the way it turned, I was there was nothing I could do. I couldn't have set up my side yep. any better. It was unlucky. So, Ian, you've absolutely done an amazing job to be where you are. Um, your team's obviously in great shape despite a few of these things. So um, if you feel like you need to disconnect for a weekend, again, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't go ship it in. I'd obviously make sure, you know, finish strong because you want to just do your best, really. That's why a lot of us play this game. So do that, set it up. If you need to disconnect from the weekend and not watch much footy or not check the scores, fine. Um, but we sure know that by the time the thing's, the thing's over, we'll be missing it in a couple of weeks afterwards, that's for sure. Absolutely. Ian, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with your heart. My man, I you've just described my ex- exact experience with fantasy this year, and and I've spent the week yeah, a bit of sulking earlier in the week, which is pretty standard when I'm when I have a bad round. Um, and and yeah, yeah, it's, it's all over. So there's a, there's that part of you. It's like oh, what's the point, you know? But but see it through. I'll, I'll say two things: see it through, finish strong, take that momentum into the preseason, rally your troops, and go again next year. And the other thing I'd say is, um, you know, it, it hasn't ended well through extremely bad luck, but just think about how fun the ride was. I, I know for me, for, for a long period of a year, you know, I was a chance at, at really achieving something I've never achieved before. 
Um, not going to happen. But I just looked back at that period. It was, it was a good 10, 12-week period where it looked like it, it could. And it was so fun. I enjoyed it so much. You know, it didn't happen. There's some moves I make. I made, I uh, look back at now and think, yeah, that's probably where it all went pear-shaped. And then, you know, like these things, when it rains, it pours. So chin up, Ian. It's a bloody tough game, mate. So you've done well to be where you're at. All right, there you go, Ian. Whether that's for you or for others that find yourself there, some nice little inspirational moments from some of the panel members. Uh, all right, to wrap up this episode, like I said, Keeper leagues, uh, it's an interesting point in time in the season. It's certainly something we'll talk about a lot in the off-season as well. Uh, for our Patreon community only, every single player that moves clubs in the free agency and trade period will do an in-depth analysis article on every single player, the impacts to them, the club they're going to, the club they're departing, podcasts. Patreons only get it. Pretty much every tier, you're going to get access to this. But we'll also drop... Kane and I will do our top 50 keeper ranks in the off season. So I want to ask you lads this already gave you some thinking time, your franchise player, not saying this is who you'd pick at number one. It's the guy that you want to build your keeper squad around. Jordox, who's your franchise pick and why? So, you gave us plenty of time. I had my answer by the time you finished asking the question 10 minutes Good. ago. Jack Steele. That a boy. And the reason is, um, well, he's obviously a pretty handy player. There are some players where you follow their journey from when they debut and you see things early and you say, that guy's going to be this, this and this. Sure, it doesn't always happen, but when it does, um, so Jack Steele, just to go down memory lane really quickly, at the Giants, he debuted in the year of the sub, before the medical sub, where uh, players would start as a sub and they would 99% of the time get on the ground because it wasn't for injury, it was strategy as well. And Leon Cameron at the time gave us coaches the heads up. He's debuting and he's not the sub. <laughs> and I remember picking him on debut. And in Dream Team and Superfish, to pick a guy on debut, that's two weeks before their bubble. And he debuted with 10 tackles and, and maybe a 90. That's right. And that would, be, that would be him for the next three, four years. He moved to St Kilda and he was a 90 guy. He was always tackling. He'd have a bad game tackle his way 90. And I always said if he could just uh, break the shackles of that tagging role, he could be anything. And I... Did my first FIFA, uh, keeper league this year, and I grabbed him in the third round, mind you, and oh. absolutely loving life. Oh, Number one overall scorer dream team. Find a spot in that keeper league for me, mate. I'm in that Jack's still sneaking in yeah. the third round. Might well have been, might have been second round. Who cares? But We're anyway. going with the narrative. Third round he is. Don't let it get in the way of the story. He's a good share. Yeah. I like it. And him. he's not even, a, not even an Adelaide player, but he's my favourite non-crow in yeah. the league he'll, he'll be 26 at the start of the next season so yeah you've got another handful of seasons of this premium level territory score i like it what about for you kane who's your franchise pick well i think the obvious one that a lot of people be thinking is walsh yeah. i think he's near on bulletproof durability yeah. scoring role he kicks every box mm. i think he's he's one that i think to spoil the top 50 DMJ is going to be hard to um, number one in that list. We're going to put together. I'm sure we're going to be yeah. fighting for him to be number one. I just yeah, can't yeah. can't think of an alternative. It'll be hard. 
I'll, I'll try to build a case for someone else. But yeah, it'll be hard. I know you. That's the way you operate. But um, the other guy that I've always loved, um, again, sort of like Jordok said, when you have those moments with them, whether you see it early or you just get on at the right time, but I think you know who he is for me. But it's Josh Dunkley. He's been a guy that a boy. Every time I've needed him, he's always come through for me in a massive way. He's yeah. had the forward status a couple of times, which you know in a keeper, when you've got the number one scoring player in the competition as a forward, yeah. um, it can really, really separate you. Um, and a guy that I'm also going to be fighting for in the top 50, not quite at the level of probably a Dunkley in terms of showing that scoring power and maybe a Walsh in terms of the age, but I just mm. I love his game and I love what he's done in his first real opportunity, and that's Callum Mills. Yeah, he's nice. Mm. Yep. Those traits that Good he's just so well-rounded. Um, he does everything so on the ground that I think there is going to be um, 15, maybe even a 120 season um, that comes his way. So I think with those two, those three guys, um, if you're building in that space, it's going to be a really good, really good time for you. I think the rock line is the line, MJ, we're going to struggle with in our 50. Yeah, I don't want anything I think to do with it. There's a lot of flux this year in all of those guys. I think yeah. they all have massive, massive question marks. And also, you know, the backs. I think a few guys that maybe we thought were really key focal points of that back yeah. line are no longer there. And I think the forward line more than ever is um, a midfielder's game. So you're always going to be That's at true. the discrepancy of, of champion data as to whether they retain it or not. So I think we're going to be pretty midfield heavy in our 50, mm-hmm. but it's always a list that, He's always in change. And that's the fun of keepers. It is a it is a real stock market. I know people associate that with the limited trades. Yeah. But if you want to be a good keeper coach, you've always got to be improving every player in your squad off waivers, in trades, making big calls, moving guys off great seasons. So um, that's why it's probably the best, the best type of game that you can play. Nice. I like it. There, there's some good franchise yeah. picks. Before you wrap up, you're going to ask, because he's a few. You can ask me who my number two pick was then. Yeah, who was it? Harry Schellenberg. Oh, of course my it was. Boy. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> I was like, you can't pick Tom Lynch now in a keeper league, mate. Please don't go there. <laughs> All right. So there you go. There are a couple of the possible franchise options up for me, just quietly. Clayton Oliver, 23, hasn't missed a game. Pretty much goes... 100 every week or five to 10 points either side. You just can't go wrong. He wouldn't be who I pick at one though, but he, gosh, he's fun to own as your franchise pick if you can get him. All right. That, that is just a couple of the names. I've got my little tears here of who I think are the franchise players in a, be a cracking article. It, uh, it is, it is actually a thinner line of franchise picks than you think. But there's some good ones. Anyway, enough teasing. Patreons, you'll get that bad boy during the offseason. Good luck to you, though, uh, over these final five weeks. If this is a must-win game for you in your league, I hope you absolutely smash it. If you're pulling the trigger on one of your last handful of trades, oh, please, I'm praying and hoping for you that it absolutely goes your way. As always, though, Kane, a pleasure to have you on this podcast episode. Thank you, MJ. Thank you, Jordo. And uh, well done to you, Jordox. Thanks, boys. Buckle in, guys. Big five weeks coming. All right. Hopefully it all goes your way. We'll touch base with you all in just a handful of days time with another podcast episode. Of course, articles drop on all the time at coachespanel.tv and our Patreon supporter group. All the links to join that are at coachespanel.tv where you've got round the clock access to different members of the panel to help you over these final five weeks.
good luck.